What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. Of course, we've got the co-host ZG here with me. What's up, man? Hey, man. Another beautiful day to do a podcast. It's always a beautiful day to do a podcast, especially when the day before was like the last dance. I look so I look forward to, to discussing the last dance on this. It's why it's why I want to come on here and, and discuss with you because I know it's a little taste of sports. And when games actually start, it's going to get a lot more intriguing. Definitely, I'm I'm excited to hear you talk about it. You sounded. Uh, I think we could work the way that you sounded last night. You sounded uh, not like yourself when we talked about it a little bit. So I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that. First, I know you wanted to talk about episodes two. His little brother ended up going to Maryland, so we were both way off. Yeah, the, the Miami idea was not it, but I was very surprised. So kind of give me your your reaction to when, to when you saw the news. Um, well, I sent you I sent you the tweet that said uh, that he was going to Maryland, and my my initial reaction after I saw it is like we should have known better. Than Him getting uh, to his little brother, I think it's a, uh, I think it's good for the Big Ten, and I think it kind of it might propel Maryland into being a top fifteen program uh, consistently for the rest of for the rest of uh, Mike Loxley's tenure there. Thoughts on that? That's a really that's a take right there. That's a hot take. Dude, Honestly, I'm I'll, I'll be honest. I, I I'm going to believe you because I, I trust you and. I'll I'll watch Maryland beat Texas every year, and that's the only game that I really watch them play. <laughs> so uh, that's that's really all that I have on Maryland, man. Like when I, when I saw the Maryland thing, I was like, I just I didn't think he'd go somewhere cold. I'll be honest. I thought for sure it was going to be a warm weather city. So I thought for sure it'd be it'd be SEC or Pac twelve. I didn't think he he'd go to the Big Twelve. For some reason, that was just a gut feeling. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like Oklahoma, but they've they've got Rattler. I think if they didn't have Rattler, that's probably where he would have ended up. But just the fact that he went somewhere cold is still just is surprising for me. Yeah, I guess I guess weather does play a factor into it. But like, think about though, like if you want to go in the NFL, you're gonna have to go play in Kansas City in the in the winter, and you're gonna have to, you know what I mean? Like, there's like you can't you can't run from the from the weather in football, so. I think 
something's brewing over there in Maryland. Um, I don't think it's, I think that Maryland is in a better position than they were before he transferred. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're, I think they're trending upward. Definitely. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So are they on the same, are they in the same division within the conference as, as, uh, Ohio state or are they on the other side with like Wisconsin? I think they're on Ohio State side. I think both the teams that were added into the uh, Big Ten that year, um, both went, I think Rutgers and or Nebraska. Let me check real quick because I think, I think all of the new teams went to the west where Ohio State is. Um, okay. That's weird. Were, the, were they not even before? They were, but there was something, they, there was something weird about it. I don't know if you remember like – legends and leaders and stuff like that when they first came out with like the divisions because they didn't have a they didn't have like um like a championship game like a lot of those conferences didn't really have a championship game I don't know if you knew that if you knew that or not but they added the team I remember yeah I, I remember a little bit of it um how long ago was was the merger it feels like it was forever ago yeah Maryland's in the east with Ohio State Rutgers okay Nebraska's is, is on the it, other is side. Still called, is it still called the East, or is it still still called the Leaders and Legends? It's East-West. After the first year of Legends and Leaders, they realized how terrible of an idea it was, so they they switched it over to normal East-West. Good, because that... That's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> that's just such a weird thing. Like That's something I feel like only the Big Ten would do. <laughs> I don't want to agree, but I do agree. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's I guess that that's their I guess that's your your college football scoop for the day. Unless unless you got something else. No, man i I don't think you really believe me, though. I don't think you. I do. I'm. I think your your Arkansas bias is clouding up your ability to think Maryland could be good. If you put Maryland and I Arkansas that, on a field right now, Arkansas would lose by at least three touchdowns. Oh wow, that's okay. Sure. Here's my thing. It's it's like I believe you, and I know how good to his little brother is going to be. You don't. I mean, he's, know. He was a four star guy. He was a four star guy co- coming out of high school. So so you know that he's talented. Okay, you've seen his older brother. So is he going to be as good as his older brother? Probably not. But I'm assuming he's going to be he's going to be pretty good. Okay. Um. And it's just it's hard for me to be like yeah they're going to be good because I've seen I watch him play like one one game a year, and then that's it. You know, so that that's why I'm a little hesitant to be like, yeah, they're going to be good. Whereas, like, if he transferred to, I don't know, um, Texas, I'd be like, yeah, they're they're probably going to go like nine and three if he goes there. You know what I mean? Because it's just like because I've just seen Texas play more. Right, but you also that, would say I, Felipe. That's Franks, why I'm hesitant. You also think Felipe Franks is the top three quarterback in the SEC? I didn't say that. Whatever, man. I did uh, not say that. We have a little list coming out, a little fun list we're doing uh, towards the end of this podcast. Um, and you Arkansas fans are not going to like it. I just want to let you guys know. We're doing a list today? I thought yeah. that was tomorrow. Oh, we're doing. We're not doing a list today? Uh-uh. Tomo- okay, so I, I, I guess we can drop the bomb now. So kind of the plan going forward is... So we have not been very like consistent. Like we haven't had like a consistent upload kind of days. Like we've kind of been a little scattered. So like we'll upload on like a Monday, and then like Thursday or Friday, 
So we want to be more more consistent. So what we want to do for the rest of quarantine is on Tuesdays do a do a top ten Tuesdays, okay, and then on Thursdays we'll do like this is kind of the news that's going on. Like this is what baseball is trying to do to come back. This is what the NBA is talking about. This is what's going on with the NFL. But Tuesdays we we, we want to do a top ten Tuesday. I'm assuming that that's what you're talking about, right? Yes, perfect segue. Great co-hosting on both of our parts, setting that up. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. So that'll be tomorrow. So we're, we're going to start that tomorrow. So you guys are lucky. You guys are going to get three podcasts this week. <laughs> I mean, we're really locking it in. We are. Like we're we're bringing quality content on a more consistent basis. Like what's not to love about that? Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, and and then subscribe again. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> Anyway, okay. enough of Maryland football. <laughs> okay, the last dance, man. I'll I'm gonna let you go first. You sounded very conflicted last night, so you, you can you can go first. I, w- I want to hear your kind of like your opening thoughts on the last two episodes and just as, as and just on the the documentary as a whole. Yeah, so watching those last two, I mean, the last two, and then. Well, basically the last four are some of the best television I've seen in a long, long time, sports or no sports. I don't know what it was about those last four episodes of the series, but I was locked in through it all. I thought the last two are obviously the best two, but man, I was sitting there watching some of that stuff and at the end of that run there, they were gassed. Like they had nothing left in the tank, right? And they still won. I was sitting there, and I told you this yesterday, and I'm not proud about what I'm about to say, but there was a couple moments where I was, like, sitting there, and I was like, am I an MJ guy? Like, I I really was sitting there, I was like, am I an MJ guy? Because he's doing some stuff, and I don't know if it was the production, the way they produced it to make it seem, like, uh, more dramatic, but, I mean... It literally looked like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan were, were going to die on the basketball floor if they didn't win. Like, they made it look like they were. it was a literal life-and-death situation, and they had to win to stay alive, and they did it. Like, so, shout-out to the producers and, and everyone involved in it, but, man, what an exciting last four episodes, and I can't believe that I'm thinking about going to the dark side. <laughs> Come join us, man. You will not regret it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, man. Like it was just it was so cool last night watching it because I know for me a lot of my love for basketball has come through my dad and just kind of growing up because bro, like growing up, baseball was not my favorite sport. Like I wanted to play professional basketball, right? Right. And what was really cool for me was watching John Stockton, just because like I went back after after we got done talking last night and like it helped like to fall asleep. It helps me like if the TV's on. So I put on Game 6, 1998, like the whole thing, right? Shouldn't have done that. Stayed up and watched the whole thing whole thing till like 3 o'clock in the morning. That's why you were late today. That That's why I was late today. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It was for the podcast, man. <laughs> so, and for me, like, it was cool. Like, like watching Jordan was really cool, but kind of seeing these other guys as well. Like, Carl Malone was a bucket. Like, I, I went like back Carl and watched Game 6, bro. I don't either, but man, he was a bucket, bro. He was like, like at the end of the first half, he had like twenty, and Jordan had twenty-one, and they were just going back and forth. And it was really cool to watch the duel. And then 
watching John Stockton was fun for me because, you know, I can tell that just the way that my dad taught me how to play point guard was like he was the model, right? So just that was really cool kind of seeing that. But like in terms of like the the documentary, dude, it was so good. And you're right, man. The the producers did a great job of over dramatizing. I feel like even though I don't think it was though. Like I really feel like Jordan and Pippen felt like they had to win. Like I f- really feel like that's because just like in hearing them talk too, right? And you know, Scottie Pippen playing with with his hurt back really kind of changes the narrative on him. I think you know where because we kind of throughout the whole doc- documentary, we've seen him kind of. I don't want to say be soft, but we've seen him be soft. Why not you know I mean? say he was being soft? He was. Yeah, you're right. He was. I just, I don't want to, you know, you're right. Yeah, he was being soft. If if, if I can call Kevin Durant out for being soft, I can call out Scotty. So he was being soft, and it was just, it's just kind of cool to kind of see all that kind of flip. And my, I wonder if he does that, if Michael Jordan's not playing, just kind of from what we've seen, because... I feel like you know he was softest when when MJ wasn't there, and then like when when MJ needed him, he was he was out there, and he did just enough. So, yeah, I it was just wild to to see. Now, I think everybody was was thinking this when they first started this last dance journey. We thought we were just going to get that ninety eight seat. We didn't realize we were going to get these backstories and this build up, right? And when I'm watching it, and and we're starting to get through the middle of it, and, and episodes like three and four and five and six, you're sitting there like, come on, like let's let's get this going. And I know I talked to you last night about this, but after thinking more, I think that stuff was necessary to make the last four episodes what they were, to make it as as entertaining as dramatic as possible because we we literally saw everything up until that point what it took the toll it took on people how people responded to adversity how people dealt with things and and we got to see that culminate at the end of the last two episodes last night and i thought that was awesome yeah i I know that that was kind of my point to you last night when we were talking about it because i'm with you it was definitely slow developing in terms of them getting to you know the the final season but I, because I, you just when you, when you look at everything that went on and just like obviously like playing on the court is tiring and everything and you know I mean look like we we talk about it all the time with uh, LeBron James just how tired he was from from going to the finals year after year after year well it's the same thing for for Michael Jordan right so like he's got the physical wear and tear of that and then having to deal with everything else right the everything going on behind the scenes with Kraus and the owner and it was just. Seeing all that just like, I feel like makes it even tougher on him, you know, to go six for six. And you, you like you said it last night, um, you know, you feel like that's one of the hardest things to do in sports is go six for six. Yeah. Now I have a, I I was I kind of discredited that for a long time, but uh, after seeing that, I mean, my girlfriend and I were sitting there watching it last night, and she asked me a question, and it kind of got my mind rolling a little bit. She was like, what do you think they liked better? You think they liked winning the first one the most or the sixth one? And I sat there and thought about it for a second. And the way I think about it is the first one is like a surprise, right? Like, holy cow. Like I just won the finals. Like this is the mountaintop. Like it can't get any better than this. Like this is amazing, right? That's, that's obviously the first reaction to winning a championship. But then it becomes like after you win two, three, four, five, like when you get to six, 
do you know how hard that is to, to have to repeat that same feeling and same, uh, same work and win and do all that stuff six times in a row against the best people in your field? Like you have to, like you could just tell by the end of the documentary and by the time uh, everybody's tenure with the Bulls was up, they were just tired, and, and you could just see the the taxing nature of of winning six straight finals. Definitely, I I would still argue the first one though, just because you know, it, I mean, he didn't win his first championship till year seven in the league. Right, you can't and recapture know, the feeling of the yeah. first one, but I'm talk as as far as difficulty goes and feeling like you know with everything they had going on like I don't know I feel like the sixth one was a little sweeter I think they even I think Phil even said that at the in the documentary yeah I, I think that for Michael though it was number one just because you know he beats the Pistons who he'd been struggling to beat you know he finally kind of gets in the conversation with Magic and Larry Bird because he finally won one you know, and like he got the same scrutiny that LeBron got until LeBron won one, right? And so I, that's why I, I would say the first one, but I feel like you know the sixth one may have been more. I don't, I guess, relief because you know, like this is the final shot, like this is my last chance to win one, right? And then they do, so I'm sure that there's a different satisfaction in that. But there's also, I feel like, a, a lot of relief because he's like, okay, I can actually rest now. You know, I, I can go, I can retire again, just kind of chill. You know, so I feel like there was a little more relief with the sixth one. Also, how are you going to score 54 points in a finals game? <laughs> I think it's it's pace of play. No, dude, stop. The Bulls scored 97 that game. Well, the the Bulls pace was obviously really good. pretty And, like, high. if you if you looked at, like, just, if you look at the scores in all the games, they're, like, high 70s, low 80s. It ain't 54. You know, and... I know. I'm just saying, like, look. Portland scores that in the first quarter. Now. (laughs) Now? Well, we also shoot threes now. Like, that's more of a part of the game. The game's faster now. Here, I agree with you. No excuse to only score 54 points. 100% agree. But that Bulls team was really good defensively. So, combine that with what I'm assuming is just an absolutely terrible, terrible shooting night. That's I mean, like, combine take. those two things. I'm just saying I could see it You're happening. You're making excuses okay? it for Jordan happen. right now. You're making excuses for the Bulls. Like, no team that LeBron James will ever play or has played would lay a dud that bad in the finals. Think of the teams he's played in the finals. Not a single team would would lose by that many points and only score 54 points. It's just not, it's just not possible in today's game. And I think, I think that that kind of shows the – the talent thing that we talk about a little bit like no one's no one's doing that against LeBron in the finals ever because because of the way that I think I'm telling you a big part of it is just the way that the game's played like you have to at least admit that because we play the game a lot faster now you're not getting beat by 50 though like I want to pull up I'm going to pull up the scores from I believe it was the was it the I think it was the 2014 finals when uh, the Spurs ran the Heat off the court, they didn't lose by fifty. Won by they they may have won by thirty a few times. Because I, I I remember that series. Let's look. Was it this series? Yeah, because they they won in five. 
Okay, it, it was it was like twenty every game, but still, like that is not a but still, but I, look, Jonathan. I agree with you. <laughs> I I agree with you on like you, they shouldn't have scored fifty four points in a game. Like I totally understand where you're coming from, but I think just a big part of it was was the pace of play. And maybe that is just me being the, the Jordan guy, but still, How is that pace I, I think play a big part of it was pace of play. Ninety-seven points. Well, I mean, just looking at from the little bit that I know about the Jazz, they they ran a half court set and they ran a pick and roll every time down. You know, so I if thought using, their offense you know, was getting out and running. I thought that was their whole offense. I thought that's what Phil was saying. He said they like to get out and run. They have one of the they have the second best offense in the league. The second best offense Maybe, in the you're league, right. putting up 54 points in a finals game—that is ridiculous. I agree. Like, that that okay. is ridiculous. Now I see that you're trying to angle this to disagree, but I think you're starting to see there's literally no excuse. Like there's no pace of but, play. There's no. I, we didn't. But like shoot we've well. got to give. There's like, nothing. We've th- got to give the Bulls. We got to give the Bulls defense some credit though. Like, at a certain like, point, if you they're give the second credit, best offense in the league. Four in a game. Yeah, at a certain point you give them credit because they're a good defensive team, a great defensive team. But at a certain point, it's on the Jazz, and it's on it's it's like I don't care how good a defense you play, you're gonna you're gonna score more than fifty four points. Like you need to score more than fifty four points. The Bulls are not locking you up that much to where you can't score over sixty in a finals game. That's fair. I I I like I said I agree. I just think that. You know, part of it is pace of play. I, I you know, it's fine. We're, we're gonna have to 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 agree to disagree. But this actually leads perfectly into something that we're getting. Spicy. I want to talk about. We are okay. So th- this is the take right here that I wanted to run by you last night. So I think that a big reason why we say that Michael Jordan doesn't play anybody is when you look at is because like we love to look at resumes, right? So when we talk about players who've beat LeBron James in in the playoffs, who who are the first players that that come to mind for you? One more time, sorry. When we when we think about players who beat LeBron James, whether it's just at any point in the playoffs, what players come to mind for you? Uh, Dirk, Kawhi, Jason Terry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. Was not like, ex- was not expecting you to say Jason Terry. I mean, obviously, like Steph and those guys. I don't okay. know. I would say so, uh, it really JJ Barea. That's my final answer. <laughs> okay, so I, when we look at the guys that you know LeBron James has played, right? So like Dirk has a championship, right? Tim Duncan has five. Yeah, five. Tim Duncan has five. Or G- Ginobili has five. Tony Parker has five. Um, Kawhi has. Three, two, three, four, so, something like that. Four. Or Steph Curry has three. Out he have four. To <laughs> he's got he's got three, right? It's three, isn't it? Yeah, it's three. But you were it you is were three. just trying to give him one. I, I said two, three, four. <laughs> I didn't know it was somewhere in there. Um, you know, so Kawhi's got three. Kevin Durant has two. So like when we look at resumes, it's like man, you know, LeBron James has played against all these guys who have championships. And then we look at Michael Jordan, right? So he he beats the the, the Trailblazers in '92, which Cl- Clyde Drexler wins one later on in his career in Houston. 
So up to that point, he didn't have one. He beats Charles Barkley, who who never wins a championship. He beats Carl Malone and John Stockton, who never won championships. He beats Reggie Miller in the playoffs, so Reggie Miller doesn't even make it to a finals. Beats Patrick Ewing in the Knicks. Patrick Ewing never even gets to a finals. So we, we see these. It's like when you compare resumes of like players that LeBron James and Michael Jordan have played, it's like we think that LeBron James has played tougher competition just because we look at the success that those guys have had in terms of like winning championships and stuff, right? You're cherry picking, but continue. But the, I mean, is that is that fair? Like, it, no, I, when you, it, I think I, it's fair to say. I think it's I think it's fair to a certain extent, but think about all of the teams under Michael's watch when he was when he was playing that did get like like Bird and the Pist like teams like that like they got rings. Like yeah, the that's true. The but pit, they like, they were a little before him. Like I, Bird's kind of on, on the tail end of his career when Michael Jordan starts really winning, and it's the same thing with Magic. I I think I think Magic Johnson's the only player, or I guess the, that Lakers team is the only team that Michael Jordan plays that has cha- championship experience. I believe in, in terms of like winning one. It it was only like. It was a six-year window for Michael Jordan. That, like, what happened the other the other years? Like, LeBron's been to nine finals. Jordan went to to six finals, and LeBron's probably going to go to his tenth finals this year. Like, there, there. I bring up LeBron to bring up the fact that, like, I don't think that the fact that other people have rings means that means anything. I don't think the league went through. LeBron like it did through Jordan, but I still don't think that argument holds a lot of weight because there's some guys that got some rings on under Michael's watch early in his career. You got to let me finish. <laughs> so what I'm just saying is that when you like, – but like the guys that we remember, right, like like when you can name guys from Michael Jordan's era, like we don't name Larry Bird and Magic Johnson because they were before him, Fair. right? Like they, they, finish up their, they finish up their careers when Michael Jordan gets started. Fair. Is what I'm trying to say. Fair. And so I just think that when we compare the players that they beat, we're like LeBron James has played better players because they all have rings and Michael Jordan's opponents don't. But Michael Jordan's opponents don't have rings because they played Michael Jordan. Right? And so I think that, you know, for me, one of the big reasons why I'm a why I'm a why I'm a, a Michael Jordan guy is like you make a list of like the ten best players to never win a ring. Half of those guys don't win rings because they play against Michael Jordan, right? And so just the way that he's you know affected even other players' legacies, I think is just crazy through beating them, obviously. But that was that was the take I wanted to run by you. I think that you know we think Michael Jordan's played lesser opponents because their resumes don't match up to LeBron James's opponents. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I really, really don't want to agree. I don't. I don't often want to agree on the MJ stuff, but I can kind of see your point. Um, I can kind of see what you're saying, but I, I mean, Barkley only made it once. He only had the opportunity to play Jordan one time. Like Ewing, like didn't match. What? How many times did they play in the Eastern Conference Finals? Once or twice? Four times. Four Ma- times? Michael Jordan eliminated Patrick. Ewing. Yeah, that was one of the the trivia things from last night. Michael Jordan okay. eliminated twenty Hall of Famers from the playoffs. Okay, well, maybe I'm a little misinformed, and maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm just trying to be um, a pest. But maybe you're right. I don't know. I think that's an interesting take, and I'd have to look at. I'd have to look at who he's played and how many times he's played everyone. But I think you're onto something, and that's all I'll give you. That's yeah, the only I just credit I'll yeah. give you. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what did you think about the Steve Kerr thing? We talked about that a little bit last night. It was something I wasn't expecting, but I thought it was really good. What, what were your thoughts on the whole mini Steve Kerr segment? Yeah, I mean, it was just out of nowhere. We just got a whole little mini Steve Kerr biopic. Like, we, it was it was wild. I mean, I didn't under I didn't know much about Steve Kerr. Like, I didn't know about his father and all that stuff. And it was just kind of, I guess it was cool, you know. Like, I guess it was, it wasn't it wasn't boring. Like, I was interested in it, but it it was just like, oh, Steve Kerr's getting a little piece here, uh, you know. Like, and then uh, I watched it. And my grandma was there watching it with me, and she's like, "Is that Steve Kerr?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know why they're doing this, but I like it." I thought it was good. Um, kind of out of the blue, but That's what I'm I, thought it, I thought it was good, man. Um, when they put him on screen, I was like, oh, he's, he's going to be on here for like two minutes answering some question about Michael, but they did a whole thing on him. I didn't know, I didn't know about his dad. Uh, I find it very surprising that he and Michael Jordan didn't talk about their dads. I know it's kind of like, how do you bring that up kind of thing? But at the same time, you know, I feel like when you're trying to bond with teammates, you know, especially when they're as different as Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr are. Even though, like, they're obviously similar in some aspects, but just, like, the way that they play and obviously talent level and everything's different. And I just think that, you know, when you're trying to connect with your teammates, you know, any way that you can connect, I think is a good thing. And I just, maybe it was just the fact that it only happened a few years ago for Jordan, and that's why they they never really talked about it. But I just think that I'm just very surprised that that they never discussed their fathers. I thought for sure, you know, that that they would have when I heard about the whole – you know, Steve Kerr thing, and yeah, I was just very, very surprised at that, but the whole thing was just good, man, like, Steve, Steve Kerr's a legend, <laughs> like, I think he, what, he won five championships as a player, because he got three, three with the Bulls, and then t- two more with the Spurs, and then he's won three as a coach, like, that's, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good resume right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a great basketball mind, and it's cool to see, like, different personalities, on the team, like he, he didn't seem like a, he doesn't seem like a basketball guy just talking to him. I don't think, right. He just comes off as a normal dude. But when you really get down to it, like he knows basketball about bet about as good and how to win in basketball better than a lot of most people in, uh, in the league. You know what I mean? Like he's a winner too. Like people forget that, that Kerr and those guys were also winners to the fullest extent. It wasn't just Michael. Those guys wanted to win just like he did. Agreed, definitely. You know, I think that, you know, for me, like, if I can have eat a meal with, like, four people from the NBA history, Steve Kerr probably makes that list. That's wild. Just, I I figured you'd say that. It's just, like, you get so many experiences with him. Like, he, he played with Michael Jordan, so you get all, all the MJ stories. Played for Greg Popovich, so you get you get to hear some of those stories. Has coached Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. Like I think it'd be just fun to talk to him about because he's like his basketball experience has just been wild, right? Like he's played you know for art one of the greatest coaches ever in Pop in Popovich, Popovich and Phil Jackson. Played with, in my opinion, the greatest player ever in Michael Jordan, and he's got. Maybe the best scorer ever out there with Kevin Durant having gotten to coach him. So I just think that like just hearing his entire basketball experience, I think would just be crazy. Yeah, I, I think that I think that he had 
he the way that he his career arc has gone, like from a guy that was barely recruited and then to end up on the Bulls with Michael Jordan and then end up with one of the best teams ever as a as a coach. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he has a lot of of stories to tell and a lot of advice on how to win and and what to do. Yeah, he he's a funny guy too. Like the when they he's come corny. out to the, the win the championship in '97, bro, that was hilarious. He is corny, bro. He's he's funny, but he, he this is such a that's a classic Steve Kerr joke. You saw that coming. <laughs> oh, definitely. He 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 looks like a dad, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I got to bail you out again, Michael. Like I thought it was funny, but like that's so Steve Kerr. Bro, and they got the clips of him shooting free throws. Like, look at his shoes, bro. Like, those are like dad walking shoes. Like, <laughs> <Air> monarchs. <laughs> those were the shoes. He, <laughs> those were the shoes he played basketball in. I, I, and then you got Michael Jordan, who's flashy, and it's like, here's Steve Kerr. <laughs> oh man, um, what else kind of stood out to you? I, I thought that the Reggie Miller stuff was good. I, I liked the stuff on Reggie Miller and kind of the Pacer series. What all did you kind of think about that? I thought for a long time, I thought Reggie Miller was like Ray Allen type. And I guess he was, but I didn't realize like how like confident Reggie Miller was and how much like he wasn't afraid of the moment. You know, am I off on that? Like, is that known? I I think you're right. Um, I knew he was a trash talker and stuff, but I didn't realize how how like uh confident and ready for the moment he was at all time like he he was a, a performer like he put on a show when he played basketball yeah i agree he was good man I, he's you know earlier you know when they play when they do the the segment on you know phoenix and when they play charles barkley i know we talked about charles barkley transferring really well to to uh, today's nba i think reggie miller falls in that category too just with the way he plays Oh, Reggie Miller would be a stud. He'd be able to. He'd, he he could handle the ball. He could come off screen. He would. He'd be really good with the spacing today. And I mean, there's a lot of guys that you can say would be good, but I think Reggie Miller's definitely like a every year All Star, All NBA guy, averaging probably like 33. Definitely. Um, and here's my thing. So you know, every year, not every year, but you know how like, okay. That was not a push off by, by Mike on that game game winning shot. Oh my gosh, I came out of nowhere. I'm gonna bring <laughs> it back. You gotta give me a sec. Here's here's why I say that. You just that. have to get off your propaganda. Ever just like if you have a timer give me a in your second. Head. You have a timer in your head that just that just has to spew Michael Jordan propaganda. But continue. You, you gotta let me finish. You gotta let me finish. So here here's my thing. Like if Reggie Miller's push isn't a foul. The Michael Jordan's push at the end of '98 is not a foul. I don't think either of them are fouls. I never said. I don't think. I think it's soft to say either one. Of, well, the Reggie Miller one's probably a foul. Like, <laughs> let's it be probably honest. is. That's, like, let's be that, honest. That's definitely a foul. The Michael Jordan one off the push off. Whatever. I thought it was a good move, but I mean, who cares? Like the one on the one on Jordan, like. He didn't complain either. That was another thing I saw. He kind of just walked to the bench. LeBron would have a fit if that happened to him. If he got pushed off a screen and they hit a game, uh, a game-winning jumper, or a tying jumper, LeBron would have a fit. But 
all is all is no, fair. I, it, every NBA player would have a fit nowadays. Like that's something that I've noticed going back and watching these older games. Like they don't really talk talk to the referees. Like they'll 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 stare them down and be like, hey, like come on now, like w- with their eyes, but th- they won't like verbally say anything to them, which is really weird, man. <laughs> yeah, you're we're so but, used to seeing Draymond Green have a get in the fetal position and throw a tantrum that it's kind of weird to see to see people not talking to the officials. Every NBA player does that, but yeah, Draymond's pretty bad. The Draymond Draymond's, Green podcast yeah. is that the title? <laughs> <laughs> It may need to be. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it, it'll get more attention than the the Gary Payton and Patrick Beverly podcast. Did we do numbers <laughs> on that one? Would we get like a million a million subs? Bro, it was something like that. Like it's to the point now where there's like no no free ads, so like yeah, we, we, we have, can't advertise down anybody. Ads, actually, we you've you've seen the Social Network, right? I have seen the so, yeah, so, Social Network. So. I forget his name, but the guy's talking to Mark Zuckerberg and he said, he said, we should start monetizing on it. And Mark Zuckerberg's like, no, we're not doing that yet. We don't even know what this is because we just know Facebook's cool. Well, we know Overtime Takes is cool. So we're not selling out We do know yet. Overtime Takes is cool. We we're have, not. We're, we we're going to hold them off of, as long as we can. You better believe us when we have a bunch of, we have a bunch of, of deals lined up in place. So, when we're not accepting them for you guys, for the integrity of the podcast, Overtime That's Texas right. is cool, and we're not ruining it. Not not yet. We're, we're, we're going to sell it for the money at some point, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I may have taken a I couple mean, side deals. You don't know that yet. Yeah, I mean, I may have too, bro. The other night, bro, Dollar Shave, <laughs> shave Club. <laughs> Enter promo Fantastic. code OT takes <laughs> at checkout to receive 20% off. Don't actually use that promo code. That's not real. Yeah, yeah, that's not real. Don't don't do that. <laughs> you know, but, who, okay, uh, bro. Real quick before we start, before we get back, you know who we need to we need to have a little mini list right now. Who is the one okay. advertisement that you want on overtime takes? The one you go first. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh man, this is tough. Like just. Mm. I think it'd be really cool to have like another podcast company advertise themselves on our podcast. So I'm gonna say Bar- Barstool Sports. <laughs> okay, I think that'd just be so ironic. I think I would have to go. I think I would want to advertise, uh, like Kroger. I think I, Kroger's been very good to me throughout my day. Uh, I would I would like to okay, plug, that's fair. Plug, plug Kroger. Um, if you're in the Cincinnati area, listen to this. Um, let me know uh, what you guys think about this. But the Reds themed water, the bottled water. So they have two different bottled waters. They have just the regular packaging, and then they have a Reds themed, a Cincinnati Reds themed water bottle, and it hits different. It's a lot better than normal water. So I just had to plug that. Shout out to Kroger for that. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get back then. So, bro, um, man, I blanked on his name now. I had his name, and then you said the whole ad thing. Dang it, um, Brian. No, close. <laughs> Brian. Um, Russell. Yes, thank you, bro. I feel so bad for him, man. He just yeah. got torched last night, man. 
there, there's arm. a victim. There's a victim in every episode, and he was definitely the victim for both of those episodes, really. Yeah, I feel like he didn't even oh, mean man. much harm. I feel like when he was talking, I even do this sometimes. Like I'll just, I'll just like throw a jab out to somebody, and like he just didn't he he didn't do the right thing with with Michael coming in because he should have known better that that he was going to use that as fuel. But bro, he what's his name? Brian Russell, Byron Russell. Yes. Whatever he Brian he got, Brian yeah whatever, he got yeah. torched he got torched and then he got made fun of and then so big loser of the two episodes are, is him definitely that in in in, in Utah pizza Th- those are those are the two <laughs> losers of those episodes why, why like why does why do people still give Michael Jordan like material. Like, why would you not just shower him with love and, and, like, bow down to his greatness? Like, why would you give him material to, to use? Like, don't don't know, egg man. him on. Don't give him more motivation because you, you can literally say hi to him the wrong way and he wants he wants to beat you by, by 50 in a finals game and hold you to 54 points. For real. That's, yeah. I think that the best tweet I've seen in a while is uh, someone tell – Michael Jordan that COVID-19 said said that it's better than him. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't <laughs> That's I love that tweet, man. That's so funny, but seriously like I mean, it's just it's crazy to me cuz like I I consider myself highly competitive. Like like okay, so every Sunday night we do like a a family game night, right? And I know what you're thinking like Get, gather around the table and play board games. No, so my me, my cousins, brothers, and uncles all play Call of Duty, and we'll play we'll play like in a private match, and it gets so intense. And I just think that like this is my my Michael Jordan moment because <laughs> I just like I I consider myself so competitive, right. but at the same time, like if you say hi to me the wrong way, I'm just gonna say okay whatever and just kind of move on. Whereas, like, he was just, like, he, he just took everything to another level. Like, in terms of, like, using stuff for motivation. But then again, like, he had to. I feel like he got bored sometimes being better than everybody. I'm, I'm sure it's this way for a lot of guys. Like, I'm sure LeBron has to do the same thing sometimes, right? And, you know, there's stories of Larry Bird telling the water boy to go find, like, the scoring record for the building that, that, that they're in when they're on the road. And so, like, it's something that, that, that these great players have to do. It's just, like... Michael Jordan just goes to like a whole different level with it. Like when the when the rookie from the Bullets, you know, goes off or whatever, Michael Jordan's like, I'm gonna get what he had in the first half. And then does it. Like it's just crazy to me how he's able to do that, you know, and trick his mind and it's oh, it's crazy. I love it's been so cool watching the the documentary because like you hear stories and everything and then you know, getting to like not you know, basically getting to see it and getting like this kind of like this back backstage kind of peek at everything. I just think it's so cool. Now, would you have eaten that pizza with five people coming to the door looking for Michael Jordan? I think that for him, it was kind of normal. You know what I mean? Because like everybody wanted to see him, and it's like, hey, I'm I'm taking this pizza to go see Michael Jordan. Everyone's like, oh, I'm coming with you. <laughs> you know, so I I probably would have eaten it if I might, just because I feel like it was kind of a normality for people to want to see him. 
there's a funny like caption. It's like, <laughs> I ate the pizza. Nobody else eats the pizza. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but that, it was just like <laughs> such a Michael Jordan thing to say. He's like, I ate the whole pizza. Nobody else eats the pizza. It's just, it's just really funny. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but that's hilarious. And then, but, but no. So, <clears throat> I guess he wasn't hungover, and I guess he didn't have the flu. I guess he had food poisoning. And from having food poisoning in my life, it is, it is the top three worst illnesses I've ever had. It's awful. Um, I'm just glad that they call it the flu game. Bro, flu game sounds so much better than food poisoning game. Yeah, I know. Like. I'm going to stick with flu game. <laughs> but every, you know when yeah, you say I, flu game, yeah. there's going to be that one guy that's like, well, it's actually food poisoning. And you're just His name's gonna, probably going to be Kyle. That's going to be Jay Reed. No doubt. That's Jay, Jay Reed. Reed. Yeah, all the Jay way. Jay Reed written all over it. No God. doubt. <laughs> you got to love Jay Reed, though. Nope. Nope. He's going to... The last time I mentioned him, he snapped me and told me, thanks for the shout out. Jay Reed, you're not welcome for this one. <laughs> he did the same thing to me. I'm oh, feisty man. today. But, I'm, I got my, I got my, I'm back. I'm back. I'm ready to, I'm ready to freaking spew takes. I'm ready to, to talk down on your takes and diss Jay Reed. So let's get it. <laughs> Tuesday's going to be fun. Oh, Tuesday's going to be so much fun. Do you have anything else on the last dance? Because I do not. I'll wrap it up there with just like, wow, good stuff. I'm glad to, I'm glad it came out when it did. I'm glad that it wasn't a it wasn't a failure, and I'm glad it lived up. Mostly, I want to put a caveat in there. Mostly to my expectations, uh, the last four episodes. Um, I don't care how how good or bad the other episodes were. The last four episodes make it um, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Definitely. It was it was really good. It's probably the best sports documentary I've ever seen. That said, I don't I haven't I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of them. But they've got more coming out and there's one that we're definitely gonna do a podcast on. It's it's a thirty for thirty on the Sammy Sosa Mark, Mark McGuire home run race. That's so, so we gotta do a pod on that one. That's so sweet. I'm excited. All I, the love for all the love for the Cubs. Okay. I don't like the Cardinals or the Cubs, but I like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire then. Um, so they showed the little preview there. Do you remember that? They showed like a preview of the new 30 for 30s, and that was one of them. I immediately yes. texted my group chat. I was like, 2000s baseball like was sweet. Like late 90s, 2000s oh, baseball definitely. Oh, it was, was so cool. Steroid era, man. Like it's, yeah, I agree. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Can Just we get because, a Barry Bonds bro, doc? Did you hear? Yes, bro. I so I, I I read a book on Barry Bonds. So like, and I'm I'm bringing out all the all the weight on Barry Bonds when when this documentary comes out because it is directly related to Barry Bonds and his steroid use. Come back and listen to me talk about that because I, I read a Barry book Bonds. with. Me too. I love his swing. I just I hate the fact that he you know. You steroids, be honest. I don't care. Best best player ever. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I it's mean, close, Jonathan. I think he's the best baseball player of all time, and it's not even close. I think Mike Trout is going to pass him, but I don't think it's close. I think Barry Bonds is the best ever. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not going to knock you for that. Dude, I know you're not arguing yeah. with me, but I feel like arguing. 
<laughs> he he could have <laughs> he could have literally not brought a bat up to the plate. I think in like '04, and he would have led the league in on base percentage. Yeah, but like a hundred points. He had a six hundred. He had a six hundred on base percentage for a season. Yeah. I love the the Greg Maddox interview where he's like Barry Bonds was the easiest hitter I ever pitched to because because I just walked him every time. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Like that is yeah. But so I, I, that's baseball, just that just goes to show him yeah. Baseball's where you can tell we've talked about baseball on the last like every pretty much every single episode you can tell we're itching for baseball. I'm so ready for it to come out, man. Um, okay, la- last thing seriously. What do you think of have you read over Bryce Harper's proposal for the season? He just needs to he needs to stop. You've hit a nerve. I like it. Here's I like it, I'll be honest. I don't like the the format is bad, but I just think that in order for them to get for everybody to get what they want, they they got to figure out a way to play oh, like 120 at least 120 games so that guys can get paid and owners can make money. Because like, that's really what this is coming down to. It's like, if we want everybody to get paid, they got to figure out a way to play 120 games, at least. And I think that, you know, Bryce Harper's idea is really kind of the only way to do that. So that that's why I like the idea. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I don't know. Why can't... I think we're at the point now where just sanitize, just have the season the way it should be. I don't... I'm over it, dude. Just go, like... The... I'm not getting into COVID, but just I want the season to just play. I want it to be a shortened season, maybe realign divisions like they were planning, but just have a normal season. I'm sick of a, I'm sick of the weird proposals. Let's just have a normal season. I don't like Bryce Harper, so that's probably why I'm ta- I'm taking the stance. But let's just have a normal season. Yeah, let's let's okay. I'm all for that, but let's just make sure we have a, a DH in both leagues, please. That's the only thing that I'm going to request. I'm so conflicted on that, Jonathan. I am a National League guy through and through. but, And I think that having the pitcher in the lineup, it makes it more interesting in some points. Obviously, the pitcher like doesn't ever get hits, really. But I think American League Baseball is kind of boring. I don't know if you feel that way. I think, some, I think a lot of National League fans think American League Baseball is pretty boring. I, for one, do, but... Maybe it's just because sometimes I sit there and try to watch like the Blue Jays and the Tigers play, but, <laughs> but that is but, your problem right there. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Talking it out, I realize that, but uh, but yeah, I mean the DH. There's no reason pitchers should hit. Pitchers don't hit in any other form of baseball, and then they make it to the major leagues, and now they have to hit. I don't know. I'm out. Seriously, like they they don't pick up a bat until Double A, like, and then they they don't hit in college either. And some of them don't even hit in high school, right? So I just don't see the point in having them hit. Exactly. Like, I just don't see the point in having them hit. There's that and just, like, it's a free out, you know? Like, and, like, people are like, oh, well, it adds strategy into the game. Well, I mean, look, like, you're going to pinch hit for them in either, like, the sixth or the seventh inning, like everybody else does, and the opposing team's going to walk the eight hole. To, to make you pull them out. So, I, I mean, it's not really strategy if you know, like, what teams are going to do. You know? Like, there really isn't an option. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. It's just – there's also – I also enjoy the bailout from the pitcher it's in some innings when it's, like, second and third, two outs, and the pitcher's up 
in like the third inning. I'm a big fan of that bailout, <laughs> especially the Reds. <laughs> I'm a big fan of getting that yeah. last out there in the third and, and not having a, a DH up or something. See, like, yeah. to me, like, I'm biased because the Cubs would be so much better if they had a DH because Schwarber wouldn't have to play left field. He'd just be a DH. <laughs> Schwarber's a Cincinnati guy. Did you know that? Is he really? I didn't know that. I did yeah. not know that. He's he's Cincinnati guy through and through. Well, there you go. That's cool. New DH for the Chicago uh, Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> Watch him hit balls to the moon. Watch him hit 40 home runs and hit 190. Did you see that video yesterday about him? The 13-pitch at bat, and then he hit a freaking oppo taco. Did you see my tweet on that? Did you? Was that you? Did I, did I look at your stuff and, and see that? What did you say? I was, I was the one who said it took him long enough to sit on that pitch. Because they literally uh, threw him, changed ups and two seams down and away the yeah, whole way back. Yeah, you look, at the, you look at the pitch tracks. I wonder what the scouting report is on him. Like... <laughs> Loan away, loan away, really? loan away. Can't touch it. Like, but yeah. So <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, you, you got anything else? So, uh, or, or we can wrap it up. Follow, follow me on Twitter. Um, follow me on Twitter. It's at grayzack twenty two. Follow Jonathan Smith on Twitter at jschmidt underscore four. And then follow yes. new new. For our listeners, follow Overtime Takes Twitter at OT Takes. Um, we will be yes. we will be interacting on the timeline there, hopefully soon, and we'll get that rolling. We'll also have all our podcasts on there. We have eight followers, so shout out to our eight followers, a couple guys I know. Um, so follow that Twitter. That's where you'll get. We'll obviously retweet our stuff and stuff like that. But that's the official Overtime Takes. Twitter account. I'm excited that we have that. I've been wanting that for a, for a couple days now. So um, follow that, and and make sure you follow us, um, our personal accounts as well. Yeah, definitely do that, dude. That was really well done. That was that was fantastic. We'll give a little, little little clap for you. That was thank good. you. <laughs> I'm starting I'm starting uh, to to plug things a little better. Enter promo code OT that was takes good. at checkout. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was great. Um, like ZG said, follow us on Twitter. Follow the the OT takes Twitter, and that's all I got. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. This has been Overtime Takes. Love you guys. <laughs>